0: What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. Hi, this is Colt Facciani. you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show.
1: Episode 101, it's going to be very difficult to top episode 100. That was a rock star edition. But we're back with a new episode. We've got a pretty good stable of people tonight. We've got Max Steffens with Fly Racing. We have Tyler Bowers, Brian Fullerton with Acherbys, and Mr. Austin Rohr from Transworld. Hey, and just so you guys know, that intro music is, uh, Justin Hill has a new album out. He, he goes by Junior Hill with his music project. And he's got a new album out called Bitter on iTunes. You can check it out. And that's one of the singles, um, Sank Me. It's freaking rad, dude. I like it. It brings me back to the 80s or the 90s. It's very, the album, if you listen to it, man, it has a lot of influence. You can hear the influence of the Soundgarden, the Allison Chains, Mother Love Bone. If you like that kind of music, album's really rad. Check it out, Bitter by Junior Hill. It's J.R. Hill. But uh, that's, yeah, Justin Hill's side project. Kind of like Daniel Blair. It's not really fair that these guys have so much extra talent. But uh, I dig the music. Right off the bat, let's get to our title sponsor, Torque One Racing. The Moto X-Pod show is brought to you by Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics, fly racing and power band racing. Support all our sponsors, they help us out and let make the show go round. So in studio with me once again is my buddy Derek Wedding. Derek, what's up?
2: Oh, not much, and just glad to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you were able to come over and hang out and uh we're going to have a fun night tonight talking a to little moto, talking to some cool people. We we'll talk about your experience at Glen Helen. <laughs> um it's going to be rad, dude. I can't wait to hear what your opinion of it was cuz I did it last year and didn't get to go this year. Um, I do want to say right off the bat We were at the Fly Fun Day this weekend Or I was at the Fly Fun Day this weekend For X-Brand and the Moto X-Pod show I want to thank Todd Trujillo for inviting us out uh, Skippy was there Craig Martin Scott Foster are all WPS reps Mr. Bob Lowry One of the, the main sales managers For Fly was there I got to meet him and of course I got to hang out With the Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw Just a cool weekend Glad everybody that Came out and had a good time. First time the Cycle Ranch had a blast. You've been there a few times, haven't you?
2: Yeah, the dirt's great. Uh, track gets really rough, and uh, it's a great flowing layout. You know, I've really enjoyed it the times I've been down there.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to go back. Um, I got to test out my new suspension from Works Wheels and Mods this weekend, and that was pretty stellar. The bike looks sick with the anodized or the uh, forks and shock. Just my bike looks factory.
2: Yeah, well, you've been working on it a little bit. You know? it, does,
1: it doesn't go as fast as factory <laughs> because I'm not fast. But it's pretty rad. Good times. Um, I'm sure most of you guys know by now, uh, Weston Pike had a pretty nasty crash at Paris. He's got a, like 10 fractures in his skull or his facial area. Um, pretty serious injury, man. They had him in an induced coma. He's out of that coma right now. He's had his first surgery. Got a long road to go, so everybody send your prayers or well wishes, whatever, uh, whatever you believe in. Just wish for the nothing for the best for Wes, and he's a good dude, and hope to have him back healthy as soon as possible. Well, tell us about Glen Helen, man. I mean, you went out, you you wanted to try it out. You hadn't been there in years, right? It's been well, probably prim- no. Uh, that's my first time to go first to first Helen. Okay,
2: I rode Carlsbad, Saddleback, Hangtown, all those years ago, and. uh it was a very humbling experience, let me put it that way. Um, I'd uh, only been able to ride about six times during the year from uh, while I was up in Kentucky working for the last year. And, yeah. And uh, knew I was behind the eight ball before I got out there, but we wanted to go and have a good time and uh, actually just uh, uh, challenge the track and see what was going on. And then uh, my other decision was I, I took a – 1998 CR500 that uh <laughs> me and my well actually my uh engine guy George Craig over at Marshall you know he does all my engine work he uh he had uh, restored for me and it's just like uh it came out of the crate it's so tight and so so sweet but uh I'd only been able to ride it one time in a practice event and then I went and raced it at a TVRC event but right before we went to uh, Glen Helen so was still setting it up and uh so i took a 20 year old motorcycle to one of the roughest tracks in the world and and it was a needless to say it was an experience that i won't forget and uh but had a blast the track is really awesome the hills are great uh the people put on a great show got to see some of the best uh talent in the world there and uh in the vet vet uh older old people range (laughs) right and um just in my class alone, there was uh, six different countries represented, you know, and uh, got to, uh, you know, see Mitch Payton and a few other people that I hadn't seen in a long time. And uh, like I said, it was very humbling. I know now what I've got to do for the next year to get ready for, uh, for next year.
1: So you're definitely going back next year. That's your plan.
2: That's the plan. We're going we're gonna to attack it in just a little bit different way and, uh, and uh, actually work on a, a training program for that for, you know, all year long.
1: Well that's awesome, man. I, I'm hoping to get to go next year. I know Michael Gage went. You guys got to hang yeah. out a little bit on Saturday. He he went and did some family stuff on Sunday, <laughs> had a vacation of it. But yeah, I I, I loved it last year and the track looks so much rougher this year. So I was sorta of almost glad I didn't go. <laughs> yeah. But,
2: it was intense, let me put it that yeah, way. Yeah,
1: I can imagine. Uh, you got to meet Kiefer for a minute.
2: Yeah, saw him on the line with some other people, a couple of motos ahead of me, and so I, uh, walked up and tapped him on the shoulder and said hello. And uh, he and he just uh, immediately started laughing. He's like, you know, I know your friend. You know, and, <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, he talked about you and stuff, and uh, nothing but good things. And uh, we talked for a few minutes, and uh, then he had to take care of whoever was on the line he was with. So right.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad you at least meet him for a second because yep. he's a cool dude, man. Man, that
2: guy's bullet fast. Let me put yeah. it that way.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I hate that I didn't go. And, of course, he didn't race last year, so I didn't even get to I – never. i have, I've never got to actually be there when he rode. I mean, I hung out with him, but not at a, anywhere we were riding. Uh, do you follow any of the Paris Supercross? Do you watch any of it? I, just uh, highlights, I, anything like that?
2: No, nah, just some of the highlight stuff that I've seen on some YouTube stuff and uh, just not a whole lot. Got to, you know, watch uh, – uh, I'm not sure I think it, which night it was, but Osborne out in front and, and uh, Jason chasing him down and, yeah. and Pat making the pass and those two guys, you know, kind of going on, on to the finish. You know, got to see a little bit of that on YouTube.
1: I haven't got to see anything. We We left out – I went to bed pretty early Friday night, left out early Saturday, drove – Seven and a half hours down to San Antonio area. Yeah. Kind of crashed out again pretty early. Got up early, rode all day, drove back, got home around one a.m. Monday morning. Up to work, fire department stuff last night. Work again today. I just I haven't had any time to look at it. I've, I kind of glanced at the results, and I mean, it, it sounds like you know Jason was on fire, of course, and
2: he was moving. He, yeah, you know, you know,
1: Dylan did well, and, and Zacco was right there it sounds like a couple times but yeah it definitely yeah vince freezy was surprising from what i understand i mean weston was fast until he had his crash and unfortunately um you know justin justin brayton had some good starts i believe just I, i'm ex- so excited for our supercross to start you know I've all, i was already excited but as these events go on i just get more and more i can't wait i'm so <laughs> ready for a1
2: yeah um i was you know i paid a little bit of attention to to Brayton and uh
1: he was working his way up through
2: the through the pack uh in the moto office, in the final that I was watching and and uh he moved up quite a quite a past quite a few guys and yeah. he was riding really smooth and I like seeing those old guys you know you know going out there and doing something <laughs> you know and you know that's kind of where I put my attention is watching the old fat guys so you know I'm not <laughs> saying Justin's
1: fat, fat yeah but, I don't think you know, Justin's fat but, but he's, he's a, the old he's one of the older guys old. him and, and Reedy are kind of the <laughs> Yep. Two of the older guys that are left over. We're still waiting to see if Chad's going to come up with anything. Haven't heard. Um, you know, I, I, we don't know that. I'd say it's unlikely Weston's going to be ready for A1. That's I don't see it how he could be. So they're short a rider, probably. I know they've been trying to work something out to get Chad on board. But I don't see Chad taking a fill-in spot. Like, that's just a temporary thing until Wesson gets better. That's not what Chad's going to want. So there's the riders that are out there. Like I, the first person that goes, that comes to mind is Dean Wilson. You know, yeah. I, I I would love to see Dean get that ride. I hate Weston's hurt because I like Weston a lot, but it's it's interesting. I, w- I wonder what they're going to do, but I know they they probably don't know yet, but I, they've got to be thinking about it. Yeah, well, I like watching
2: Weston. He's a he reminds me a lot of uh, like JoJo Keller and all the guys I raced against back in the days. Arlo England, you know. And, Big, you know, bigger boy, and just uh, kind of pushes his way through, and yeah. he's uh, aggressive, but he's he's a he's a smart rider, you know, and that's what I really like enjoy watching him ride.
1: Absolutely. Hey, I was just thinking about this, kind of going back to the Glenn Helen thing. You had told me you got to visit for just a minute with your old team manager, Mitch Payton. How'd that go? <laughs> that how many years has it been since you've actually talked to him?
2: Well, uh, it was Houston Astrodome, probably oh uh somewhere early 2000 that i actually saw him in the pits down there and uh talked to him last and uh it was kind of funny because i was heading to my first moto on sunday i didn't see him there on saturday and there was a uh pro circuit uh pit truck there and they were helping you know rider sport and uh and on sunday morning i was on my way to the first moto and i rode by their truck and Saw so, uh, someone sitting there, and I said, "Man, look at that! Look at that square head!" I was like, "Boy," I said, "That sure looks like Mitch, square you know." I and uh, I turned that. around, rode back over there, and and, uh, and uh, stopped. And he kept looking at me, kind of through my the, the helmet stuff. and He came over, and you know, and uh, told him you know, who I was, and he was like, "Man, you know, he, how long has it been?" And the very first thing he looks at, he looks at my bike, and he goes, "Boy, hell of a choice, you know." And talking about that CR five hundred, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's and, funny and uh I he got a
1: kick out of that
2: oh yeah it was uh you know i'm like well you know i really wanted to ride this 500 on these big hills you know but yeah. it was uh it was a a nice visit you know and then got to see him a little bit later and uh on uh before the second moto uh stopped and talked to him again for just a couple minutes and then uh you know went on and got in staging so but uh he looked really good and you know he yeah. just looked like he was having fun he was there all day long you know which you know it doesn't surprise me with you know mitch's uh
1: love for racing love for the racing yeah. stuff
2: he's at a, a local event like that that's you know i mean all day sure
1: all right well we let's take our first little break and we will be back with max Steffens. of the night is uh i'm pretty excited about this because everybody knows how much i love fly racing he's brought to you by fly racing and he is the race manager for fly racing mr max steffens how you doing max
0: good how are you guys
1: doing good man i um, real excited to talk to you tonight um got to meet mr bob lowry this weekend and damon bradshaw that was pretty exciting for me and uh just glad to have you on
3: yeah damon uh Damon's a, a good guy, and he's, uh, he's he's awesome to have as part of the Fly Racing family. He's uh, he's definitely a, a quite the character when you get him at ride days and stuff like that. And then Bob Lowry, well, that's a whole – yeah, he's a whole other character on his
4: own.
1: Yeah, I got to talk to Bob a lot. Uh, you know, Damon was pretty busy talking to a lot of the fans, and he had taken a digger, it sounds like, on Saturday. so And he was really, really cold. He was freezing, so <laughs> I didn't mess with him too much.
3: Yeah, he's one of those guys – got to – you know, you probably test the waters with him. You find out if he's good or bad, and you just kind of pick your
1: your, your conversation from there. Exactly. So, Max, how long have you been with Fly Racing?
3: Uh, I am in my 10th year okay. with the brand. Um, yeah, 10 years now. So, 19 will be the start of my 11th season, I believe, with the brand.
1: And, and how did you, how did you get on board with them to begin with? I, I know at one point you were a mechanic. How did you transition into working for fly?
3: I, uh, I was a mechanic for at least five years, uh, with several private, well, two private years. And then I ended up working for two teams before I finished. Um, and then when that was over, I came back home and worked for a, a local Honda shop as a parts guy. And then, uh, got called by the VP of sales at Western Power Sports, who's been a long-time friend of mine, Kerry Baisley, and uh, they needed somebody who could travel and who's done dealt with racers and dealt with this stuff before, and I obviously had a decent amount of experience with that, and that's where it started.
1: And, so. and has your position changed quite a bit, or is it still pretty much the same position?
3: No, it evolved a lot. For the first uh, probably six or seven years, I went from kind of the pro athlete manager where I mainly just focused on supercross, motocross, G and then as things have evolved, I'm actually now the race department manager for fly. So I, uh, I work with all of our demographics for professional racing and all aspects of racing. And then I, uh, work also, he doesn't, uh, I, you know, he's actually his own kind of his own program, but I work with our amateur guy, uh, Mike Williamson, who also, you know, we try to work together to build our guys coming through that hopefully I get to keep right so you know uh me and him kind of work side by side on that aspect but on the pro side and all the outdoor stuff and supercross stuff i've actually taken a bunch of the lead on the supercross stuff as well so i'm working on building our all of our activation pieces and stuff like that for that
1: yeah because 2019 is a big year for fly with supercross
3: yeah we've got a we definitely got a full plate.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got a lot
3: going on. Taking so. over,
1: I guess, is it, is it considered a title sponsor or like what is, I mean, you're. you're...
3: I believe it's the co-title. I okay. I, I'm not exactly sure how, but we are the official uh, distributor and the official clothing, helmet, pan jersey, glove, uh, and I believe protective. I'm not even 100% sure Okay. That, but uh, we're the official gear, basically, of right. Supercroft.
1: And, and man, Fly has come a long way since you started with them. I mean the the they've they really are one of the elite, in my opinion, top probably two or three gear companies in the world
3: Yeah, I would like to think we're we're one of the best for sure. You know, we've we've built we have an incredible team of people, obviously, and it's you know, it's not it's not one person, it's a whole group between yeah. sales design and everybody that's taken our brand from where it was to where it is now you know we have a lot of important players and how it gets built and you know the owner has a pretty clear vision of how he expects the brand to go and how who we want to be and what we're going to be and we're definitely on the gas
2: (laughs) agreed well i've I've been uh riding uh since about oh three back i came back riding again been riding uh quite a few years now with some fly gear and uh the durability that that i'm finding in the equipment is is really outstanding and uh it seems like every year y'all are coming out with some new material though that um that's even even you know better but uh how do y'all how do y'all you know pick this stuff i mean how do y'all engineer test it and test it and figure out you know which materials are best and which which aren't for the different sports
3: well you know it's obviously an an ongoing battle with keeping up with keeping up with times and materials and productions and obviously competitors. Um, you know, it's, we spend a lot of time uh, R and D we have, we have a facility out our, at our office. Actually we can test out front at our track. You know, we have a couple test riders that ride for us that, you know, we send product to all the time and manipulate, move. And then obviously we have, like I said, a, a wealth of knowledge with our design team and our sales staff and everybody involved that, you know, a lot of these guys have been doing this for a long time. So they've seen products come and go and materials come and go. And we, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you take a shot and we test it and find out it works or it doesn't and then right. move forward. So, you know, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing battle to be lighter, better. But at the same time, you know, we, we preach a lot that we build, we, we build real gear for real riders. You know, that's who we are and that's what we've done. And that's actually a pretty common thing. Thing for us internally now that to say that you know we try to build affordable quality something that lasts a long time and you know because the consumer wants to buy gear they don't want to buy it every six weeks
1: exactly <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, we try I, to make
3: it last as long as we can
1: <laughs> yeah my the biggest thing is like all the gear does last so long but then every year you guys come out with such new cool stuff I'm like well I gotta have that too and now I have so many sets of gear exactly I don't know what to do with it all but I, I love the fact that like you guys don't have custom helmets for you know Blake and Weston and Benny. You, they're wearing the the F two helmets off the shelf, um, and, and you know, and then this year you redesigned the F two helmet and with uh, the the mouth guard is rotated out a little bit, I believe, and it gives a little bit more room because that that was really the only issue I had with it was it was I felt like it was a little too close for my comfort. But I love the helmet. I just didn't like the, the fact that I could kiss the kiss it basically if I puckered a little bit.
3: Yeah, and you know, every uh, un- unfortunately for the helmet business, everybody's head shaped differently. Sure. So you know, there's there's round helmets, there's oval helmets. You know, everybody's helmets are there. There's tons of great helmets on the market. You know, obviously the F2 being one of the one of the ones out there that you know performed well and works well. It was time for it was time for a, a, a new look, and then we you know we've had some some talks about eye port and, you know, the distance from the face and the shape of visors, you know, the shape of the shell, like there's all time, there's tons of stuff with, you know, everything going on with helmets now, you know, to only MIPS, you know, so now the MIPS is in the helmet all the time, you know, so there's, we, we try very, very hard at our brand with, you know, with everything we put out to put our best foot forward and go to bed at night that we've put our riders and our consumers in the best, safest product that we can offer. Obviously, my business is riders, which is what I deal with every single day. And, you know, if my guys can't trust it, you can't ask them to wear it. You know, so I feel like I've got, you know, some fantastic athletes that represent our product well, you know, from Andrew Short, who's, you know, been with us for, I don't know, 12 years now, 13 years. Right. Um, You know, Blake is in the helmet. Weston's in the helmet. Benny Bloss, you know, uh God, there's so many guys. I have so many athletes Yeah, kids.
1: well John Short's a buddy of ours, he's a Texas guy that that is sponsored by you. You've got Tyler into Knapp, of course. Unfortunately we, we we lost Adam this year, but
3: Yeah. You know, we we tried our best to keep Adam and we just uh we just couldn't put it together this year and we wish him the best. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Dustin Dustin Pipes being a former fly rider. You know, he uh he he still kept a great amount of respect for the brand and you know, he's uh he's doing a good job over there with his program and he's gotta do what he's gotta do to, you know, run a business so we sure. understand. You know, but you were mentioning the helmets about the athletes. That is one thing that we do take pride on is the helmets come straight off the shelf. We don't I, I adjust cheek pads and liners just like any consumer can or anybody else can. And that's more for personalization just because some guys, you know, a little skinnier face, like I said, some round, some oval. Mm-hmm. You got to adjust a few things, but we don't, we don't custom order any helmets. I take them straight out of stock. So that's, you know, that's one thing that we, we take pride in.
2: Right. And, and the price break on them. I mean I mean, the price pricing of it is very fair you oh, know, yeah. on that for the quality it is. I mean, I have one myself and they have two and, I was really surprised at the, that when I started doing the pricing versus other people's uh, comparable helmets. Well,
1: and they lowered the price
2: for 2019. Exactly. So yeah, uh, I commend y'all on that for sure.
3: Like I said, we're, we're trying hard. (laughs) Yeah. Making a lot of progress and it's a, it's, it's a long road. We have, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of great products coming and we're always looking for the new greatest, safest thing that we can provide. So it's, you know the end result is is we're here to try and make everybody safe when they're out there doing it and look good at the same time and feel good at the same time. So sometimes that's a you don't you don't win them all, but we we win a lot of them. So
1: definitely. So hey, with your title as race manager, you you like you said you deal with these guys the the pro riders, top riders in the world, week in and week out. Um, so, you know, you're, you're dealing with, you're going to the JGR truck and you're taking gear to West and you're going to the BTO or the uh, Tucker Rocky truck, taking gear to Benny and uh, Blake, you know, is there anybody, you probably won't give names, but have you ever run across a situation where one rider is a little more picky, a little more difficult to deal with? They, I mean, you know, that
3: was me a lot more in the last, in the past years. Now I have another guy that actually works with me, um, Dalton Braun who's actually going to be a little bit more of the guy that you see in and out of the truck obviously I'll still be there but I'm doing a little bit more of the management side and a little less of that stuff so he's been communicating a lot more with the guys but you know we've had the same athletes for so long I still go you know last year I still delivered some gear from time to time and whatnot but you know I don't want to take credit where it isn't due he's taken on a lot of that a lot of that from me since we have so much other stuff going on on the the Supercross front, and then obviously contracts and all that type of stuff for the for the brand. So, you know, he's he's doing a fantastic job. But as far as guys, I mean, they all have their own little niches. Everybody's got their hits and misses. Everybody has bad days, just like me and you. Sure. I wouldn't say that anybody's any more picky than the other. I would say they're all pretty equal, you know. But I mean, like I said, everybody has an off day where I would I would say they're a little more complaining. Right. Than right. Picky. Right. But nobody's really – we have a pretty dang good group of guys. You know, our riders are all pretty level-headed. A lot of them have been doing this a long time. So, you know, like even John Short, I think I've had John for – I don't even know how long. And he rides for, the, you know, the the professional journey, Ted Parks' team. Yep. He's and an awful I've had Ted for – I've had Ted for 10 years. Yeah. Eight years, something like that. Ted is, you know, another one of those guys that he – does it all for not a lot of gain so you know he's you know with with he he has more off days than probably a lot of riders to be honest
1: (laughs) yeah yeah right yeah
3: you know uh team managers i would say are harder to deal with sometimes than the guys okay it's uh you know but most of our guys are pretty good and pretty easy to deal with honestly
1: yeah all the guys that i know that wear fly are just seem like really cool guys in general they're just nice guys and Guys like Zach Osborne, man, just laid back, and yeah, I, I, you got to really—I mean, you're lucky. I and I think that's a big part of who Fly is. When I first, like, I, my first set of Fly gear I got because it was on closeout with—I uh, don't remember—I don't know remember if it's BTO or what. And I ordered it, and I really liked it, but after hearing JT on Pulp all the time, that's when I was like, okay, I like what this guy says about the company. I like how the company represents itself. Yeah, I, I just and and I bought into it, and I sent in my resume and became an amateur support rider. And I'm just I'm all in, man. I, everybody I meet with your company is wonderful, and great customer service. And I, I mean, and I just I I talk about it all the time. I'm sure people hear sick of hearing me talk about it, but I I love the company, and I would not want to wear anything else.
3: Well, and we're we're we try really hard to make sure that everybody feels the same way as you, you know, we, like I said, we have, you know, JT is another prime example of somebody out there that's, you know, pounding the pavement, doing everything we can to make us look as good as possible, you know, and we have tons of people in the, in, in our company, you know, the Western power sports side, as well as the fly side that, you know, our owner to the national sales manager, to the director of sales, like everybody is so involved and a lot of us, I would say a good majority of the people at the office ride some form of, whether it be motorcycle atv utv you know there's there's so many snowmobiles i mean snow bikes we have yeah so many aspects of the company that you know so many people are involved and we try really hard to make sure that you know i mean the end result is it's not like we're selling toilets you know we we (laughs) sell we sell fun we sell a good time yeah We're, we're selling parking accessories for stuff that people go have a great time on you know we're selling gear that you know, people want to wear, look good, feel good while having a good time. Absolutely. You know, so
4: it's,
3: it's one of those things that, you know, we, we try to focus on making sure we're all having fun while we're doing it. You know, you know, one of our VP of sales always says you could be digging ditches.
1: That's so, what I, that's what I do on a day-to-day basis, actually. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I was well, literally no, we, up to my waist in water digging up a water line today. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Well. And I set piping in ditches all the time.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Hey, so I, but, I have know, so what? many questions yeah. I want to ask you, but we're sort of limited on time. But um, look, you got a lot of different lines. The Evolution, if I'm not mistaken, is probably the most popular line. I may be wrong, but I think that's one of the best-selling lines. But the 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 Elite riders typically are wearing the light hydrogen or the kinetic. Is there, Do the riders choose what they want to wear as far as those gear lines, or does – somebody else within fly say, okay, this weekend we want you to wear this.
3: Um, most of the time that would be myself. And okay. Sales. Um, the riders, honestly, I would say that the favorites are probably light hydrogen evolution. The evolution this year took a huge step forward, which a lot of guys I'm sure have seen in the industry, you know, with the DFT technology and all the stuff that we put into the Evo, the mm-hmm. whole new set of gear, That's just, it's stretchier, it's lighter, it's faster, it's thinner, like everything about it is better. And that we actually have quite a few guys switching over to the Evo that were light hydrogen fans, you know, they still are light hydrogen fan, but they're, you know, the Evo has gotten so much better. And that is, that is our premier set, you know, but light hydrogen is the minimalist, you know, type of really thin lightweight. Everything about it is minimal where the Evo is our most technical piece where it has the most features and the most function, you know, with the boa on both those pieces with the boa waistband, you know, so, it it, it's kind of to each his own you know but the evo is definitely popular um i would say best selling wise that's probably more of a question for the sales department yeah yeah. (laughs) but i i would say that evo and light hydrogen are definitely probably the top of that list
1: okay well yeah i have a set of the new evo um that was the original set that a fly gear i bought was evo from probably man six seven years ago and then i bought a new set this year but i like the light hydrogen that's my favorite
3: yeah the the light hydrogen stuff is definitely probably probably a rider favorite by most guys just mm-hmm. because of how you know how like I said it's very minimal. There's not a ton of you know it's it's a great pant, but like I said, our most technical pant is the
5: evo right
3: um, so it's, it's real minimal it's lightweight it's easy to you know they they like the boa they like it's a little stretchier so every guy has their own niche like sure. I said before but I would say light hydrogen you know even some of the guys like the kinetic you know it well, just depends on the
5: depends on the guy
1: yeah last year i think well i guess yeah i think it was last year that i saw a lot of kinetic being worn Bef- yeah it must have been 16 that i think it was 16 or no shit 17 17 i saw a lot of kinetic during the outdoors I, as i recall um, cuz i bought yeah, a couple a of sets of, that of
3: it yeah a lot of the kinetic you see in outdoors though is because we switch over to mesh. Yes. And the mesh is built in the kinetic is built in the kinetic line. Yeah. So you'll see a lot of the guys phase over to the the kinetic mesh line after you know our release. Right. Because that, you know, as it starts to get hot, as some of the guys I will um, we do some custom building from time to time on some of those guys where I'll build a light hydrogen jersey out of mesh for them. Oh, that's cool. Just because they want to wear a mesh pant, they want to wear a light jersey. So we'll put them in a regular light like, hydrogen pan off the shelf. And then sometimes it's the sublimation process for the elite guys. I'll build it out of mesh just so that we don't overheat them. Cause like I said, I don't, I don't want to jeopardize anybody's safety. Sure. To overheat. So, you know, we, we will custom build a couple of those things. So, but it, it you'll see that you'll see the transition happen after a release, because a lot of guys <laughs> will
1: be like, Oh, I want to wear mesh. Right. So right. Start wearing,
2: well, that's, you know, I'm, I'm wearing the kinetics is what I'm wearing. I just bought another pair of, when I went out to Glen Helen, uh, two weeks ago, but, um, mainly because I looked at the light hydrogen and stuff and was wanting to try those, but I'd obviously ate one too many water burgers and in and out (laughs) burgers. And, uh, the 38 is all I could get in the light hydrogen. So, I kind of bounced between that 38 and that 40 range on average. And, um, but the kinetic has been really a, I mean, a sturdy, you know, set of gear for me, but you know, this, uh. Y'all, y'all have a, a a big boy line pretty much in everything, you know that I've found, and uh, it just uh, it was just on hand. That's all they had was a thirty eight in that light hydrogen. Is where, where do y'all where do y'all kind of get the ideas? Okay, well we've got to stop here, at, you know, at the thirty eight, or we we can go to the forty four, you know, because I, I do a lot of the over the boot britches also.
3: Yeah, you know that that once again is probably more of a marketing. Question for the well, it's more of a question for the sales department because they see the numbers and yeah. they watch what sells, that doesn't sell. You know, they know the colors that sell the best, the colors that don't sell. So, size wise, when it comes to that stuff, I know a lot of the higher end stuff that we build. I think goes up to thirty eight and two yep. X, and then I believe the kinetic line we have one that goes up to forty four and yep. I think four X, and then an F sixteen, which is our very our least expensive line. I think we go all the way up to like 50 and five. Hours. Yeah. I don't well, know if you've seen me ever as a photo. I'm not exactly a shiny example of fitness, but <laughs> I,
4: uh,
3: I, I wear, I like the kinetic stuff myself. Yeah. Um, I, I've actually even worn the F 16, which, you know, for, for the weekend warrior doesn't have leather in the knees and it's a super minimalist gear, but it, it works really well for as inexpensive as it is. I like the F 16 stuff too. So,
1: yeah, I mean, if, if you guys can get Mathis in a in a set of fly gear, you pretty much get anybody in a set of fly gear.
3: <laughs> Matt, hey, Mathis is RM Army. Oh no, he's Blue Crew now. That's right. He's, yeah, he's blue crew. blue crew. He's yeah. He hasn't. He can't make up his mind. <laughs> He'll, be or- yeah. He'll be orange brigade. He'll be orange brigade before we know
1: it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if he listens to Kiefer, he will be. So yeah. Well, Kiefer's, Kiefer, a, Kiefer Kiefer's blue, blue crew too. He can't make up his mind either.
3: Yeah. They're right. They're riding what they got that week.
1: Exactly. Hey, so I got two more quick questions for you. Um, yep. If you could sign any one rider, who would you sign? Whether and it could be past or present. I mean, like you got Damon's, uh you know, ex-pro. He's he's represented you guys. He's an ambassador. If there's one other guy that you could sign, who would it be?
3: I don't know if I can do one guy.
4: <laughs> okay.
3: Yes, dude. I, I mean, we honestly. I mean, we have some current athletes. And other brands that are phenomenal people, yeah, and uh, uh, as well as amazing athletes. Um, and then we have a couple guys that have retired recently that were phenomenal athletes and great people, you know. And it's I I, I probably would refrain from mentioning any names, Fair but enough. I uh, they uh, you know we have we've had so many phenomenal guys, past and present, that have taken this sport to so many awesome places and recruited a whole new level of fan for all of us. And it's, uh, you know, everybody from, you know, all my guys, you know, are great and, you know, fantastic at, you know, and then there's the, the Kenny's and the Eli's, and yeah. the, you know, the, the Dungies and Marv and Cooper. And, you know, there's so many good sure. guys out there that are, you know, athlete aside, a lot of those guys are just good people. You know, I, I met Kenny as a prime example through Andrew short a long time ago. Shorty's been a longtime friend of mine and, you know, he, you know, with, with Kenny being in his house training back then, you know, I met Kenny, Kenny's a phenomenal person, you know, done, see him at the track, man, that would be a hard, that'd be a hard one to call. Okay. <laughs> even Damon. Yeah. Like you said, even Damon, there's so many good guys that, man, I don't know if I could pick one.
1: That's fair. I, I, you know, obviously a, a 450 championship would be f- amazing for fly and there's a particular guy who's had some pant issues in the last year or two that I would love to see and fly. He, that boa would help. But uh I guess we won't touch on that too much.
3: No no comment. Yeah, right. So last <laughs> question last question Karma I got a uh, Bad,
5: but bad news right karma bad news yes yes
1: <laughs> i i got a uh, direct message from rick hopkins who uh, has known you for a while i guess and he had a two-part question i'm just gonna ask the last one he's kind of busting your balls um he wants to know how did you lose so much weight
3: stopped eating <laughs> <laughs> portion <Porsche and> control <laughs> yeah yeah no i uh actually actually another shorty shorty helped me a bunch with uh i was road cycling a bunch and uh started eating a lot better and taking better care of myself I mean I was I was a big 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 boy I'm still a big boy but I've lost I think I lost probably 75 pounds
1: wow good for you so, Derek in studio is and same now, thing you know, Derek here in yeah, studio is can, a big boy
3: yeah I can mountain bike now and do a bunch of stuff I have a four-year-old yeah so it's nice to be able to be able to go do stuff with him and you know honestly a lot of people around me that cared about me more than I cared about me kicked me in the butt and got me going and just
0: eating right and just trying to take better care of myself.
1: Nice. Well hey Max, thank you for coming on. Um look forward to I'm gonna I'm gonna find you at A one. I, I tried to find you at Muddy Creek this year and you were on one side of the track and then when I went over there you were on the other side of the track every time. So Yeah,
3: I'm all over the place. Yeah I, I wanna definitely I, text and just get together at A one. I'll be there I bet I'm there Wednesday. Okay. Well I, I fly <laughs> I in
1: Friday, Friday morning on so yeah, yeah. Well, I'll holler. Well, at you, man, I
4: appreciate but... you guys having me on.
1: Of course, man. I appreciate you coming on, and it was great talking to you. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon.
3: All right, look forward to it. I'll talk to you guys.
1: Okay, Mike Max, thanks, man.
3: Have
1: a Max Steffens with Fly Racing. Um, so we're running a little bit behind, so we're gonna take a real quick break while I get Austin Roar on the phone, and we'll be right back.
0: I'm Justin Barsha, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show.
6: to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too.
1: Dark side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828. One four seven two, Or email char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto XPod sent you. Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles.
6: Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzol dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzol to your friends and fellow racers? With Anzol, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works.
1: We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Night's Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393 and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy What's up Moto XPod pod listeners, this is Darkside and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety That's why all Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products all Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic wrist braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com. Or check out Instagram at Risk or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam C. Matt Gurky, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out. All Sports Dynamic Braces.
5: Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort.
1: Fly racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Entonap. I wear fly, wear fly cube. The 2019 Fly Racing Line includes the popular light hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. All right, next guest of the night is brought to you by Shock Socks. Shock Socks is the original and number one 10-second removal fork seal protector no one likes replacing leaky fork seals, so ask your local dealer or go to BurrMotorsports.com and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Next guest of the night is Mr. Brian Fullerton with the Cherbies. Brian, what's up?
5: Not much. How you guys doing?
1: Doing good, man. We're just uh, a little cold here in East Texas, but a uh, great day uh, or a great weekend of riding for me. Derek didn't get to ride any. How about uh, you, man? Did you get to ride any this weekend?
5: No, it's too cold.
1: Too it's cold, cold. It's, uh, yeah.
5: It's like... 19, oh, shit. 19
1: degrees out right now yeah, yeah okay I'm, I'm with you yeah i'm not riding i don't like riding when it's like 40 degrees so yeah i'm I'm out yeah that's way too cold i'm definitely not a
5: yeah i'm definitely not a cold weather rider right sure. right
1: well hey you are a uh you're a retired firefighter and amt so i want to commend you for that um that's cool oh thanks
5: man appreciate that very much yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely well brian you work for a Turbys. you've been there what nine years i think
5: no, I've been there for twenty years.
1: Okay, maybe you said nineteen and I just heard nine, so Oh uh, yeah. 19. Yeah.
5: That's Oh, nine on the fire department then twenty with the Cherby's.
1: Okay. Yeah. So
5: yeah, the yeah, the Chirbys job. I started at uh Chirbys in uh Poway, California where I grew up. And then uh two thousand four, um uh Bob Lowry, who he's the fly sales manager right now, he
1: uh yep, met him this week. He weekend.
5: actually yeah, he uh he actually moved myself, my wife to Idaho to work for him at Scott and, uh, in 2004. So, um, to work at Scott, but help run the cherubies and do the day to days and all the the dirty work. So, um, and then with Scott's kind of transition to, you know, kind of minimizing the, the crew, the crew warehouse and all that stuff, Bob left and that's when he started working for Western. But, uh, um yeah, I moved up to Idaho in two thousand four and uh my wife and I and uh, definitely a, kind of a kind of like a new start. It's way different than California.
1: Yeah, for sure. For well sure. how did that how did that offer come about? I mean you so you were a firefighter. I'm assuming you must you yeah. rode dirt bikes. How did you know Bob?
5: So so I actually was sitting in the office in Poway, California at the Cherby's office. And Bob, Wat- or Bob Lowry and Scott Watanabe, uh, both worked at Scott, uh, goggles, uh, they came into the office and, uh, the Scott company in Europe works quite a bit with the Cherubis company in Italy. And, uh, they kind of, the owners of both companies work, work, used to work quite a bit with each other. And, um, they, uh, they basically walked in the office and, and Franco Echerbius was there, and they said, we're going to close down this office, and we're looking for a couple people that are possibly looking to maybe move to Idaho. So I was um, I was customer service at the time, or dealer services, whatever. And, um, yeah, interviewed with them. That was the first time I met them, first time I saw them. And the next week, they flew, my wife and I, out there, out here <laughs> to go check the place out. And, yeah, this place is pretty, pretty rad. So... Um that's yeah that's kind of where it started was Bob and Watanabe were looking for someone to to yeah. run the Chervies or help help them run the acherbys company um under the Scott umbrella.
1: Okay. So, and was Talon involved um, at that time too? Talon was recently retired.
5: Let's see. My memory's bad. <laughs> yeah, he too. retired in 2003 to or 2002 and he started working for acherbys soon after. And he um he he was on board, and when we moved to Idaho, he became um, part of like the racing services for Scott and for uh, for Cherubish. Oh, okay. So he uh, then basically it was just between uh, Callan, myself, and a couple of coworkers, and there's literally just the four of us that run a Chirbies USA. And he um, was it 2009. It's kind of when everything started transitioning, uh, sure away from Scott, and Scott moved to Utah, mm-hmm. warehouse. Um, all the people went to Utah. Um, Callan pretty much took over as sales manager. So, right on. Yeah. So, were yeah, you? That's, yeah.
2: So, were you a, a yeah, dirt I mean, scooter rider at the time? Or, I mean, what,
5: how were you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I started, uh, I started, um, uh, I started riding eighty two. I'm forty two years old and <clears throat> I was riding I've been riding forever.
2: So motocross so, or sing- uh, more single track stuff?
5: Mostly motocross. I'm like probably I have a bunch of friends that will attest to it, but I'm one of the worst trail riders. <laughs>
2: uh, well, I'd have to yeah. argue with you on that. Trees like to run out in front of me, so you know. Yeah.
5: They, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I I just I don't know, I start seeing double when I'm in the trees and stuff, but <laughs> and that's all we have here is some of the best single track riding in USA. I mean, it's, it's awesome, but I just didn't grow up doing it. I grew up riding motocross and I don't say supercross cause I don't jump, but, but <laughs> just riding motocross, all the, all the local tracks in Southern California. That's what I did all my life. And then moving here, it was like, holy crap. What are we doing? Right. <laughs> we are drive three hours to go ride <laughs> for three hours. So, uh, culture change. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that totally doesn't sound fun at all.
5: No, I'm getting there. My wife my wife said I could um keep riding if I, you know, learned a trail ride or, or start liking the trail ride. Right as Bob would tell me.
1: I actually but, want... uh, no we... oh, go ahead.
0: I was
5: gonna say we moved here in two thousand four and then yeah, I became a firefighter in two thousand
1: nine. Okay.
5: Yeah. So that... that was just kind of like a like a I thought it was I thought it was volunteer, but they call it <laughs> paid on call. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, same as you guys. And, um, yeah, I just kind of went up through the ranks, and people are always asking me, are you still running for
1: a charity? I'm a
5: firefighter, but, but yeah, I did both for nine years, and, yeah, that's uh, that was enough. That was brutal. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm really – we are technically volunteer. We probably do less than you do. Yeah. But we get paid per call, so they call us paid on call. But, um, yep, yep. Hey, so I've got some questions yep. with, you know – I asked these kind of same similar questions with uh, the guys from FMF and Yosh. Every year we got all brand new models of bikes. So that means the Turbys then has to figure out all these new plastic designs. How does that work? I mean, how do you get a mold, you know, for a new, for the 2020 KTM next year, how do you go about making plastic and how do you improve what the OEMs do?
5: So at Turbys Italy, that's where the the main office is is in albino italy Mm -hmm. they uh they will either borrow or buy a bike and they take all the plastics off and they start doing research on like the chain guides and sliders and all that stuff and but what they actually do is they take the plastics off and they they uh they do this reverse cad drawing like it's it's it's, it basically you put these little dots on all the fenders and shrouds and all the stuff and it It'll basically make the CAD drawing in the computer and then from there, they'll uh, make it stronger but lighter. And that's what <laughs> the goal is, that's is cool. always, is to make it stronger and lighter. Right. So y'all, It doesn't always work, but...
2: Yeah, so y'all are basically, as soon as the bikes are released is when you're starting this process? Because it seems like to me yeah. that I'm, I'm able to buy the plastic, you know, your, your products, almost immediately as soon as the bikes are, are on the market.
5: You know, I wish it was that case. It might appear that way. But no, what we do is um it's kind of a slow, slow process just because I mean they are, you know, a couple of continents away, but mm-hmm. they uh they'll they'll make the, the, the cad drawings and then produce a product, tag it or bag it, tag it, ships they ship everything over in containers. But we are usually uh springtime. When there's a new bike that comes out in July or August, September. We're just like everybody else. We have to actually get the bike in our hands. Um, sometimes, because um, we sponsored uh, uh, KTM and Kawasaki for so long, they will um, sometimes uh, let us borrow pieces. Yeah, and then we send it. We send it back. That's... so. <clears throat> um, it's it's kind of a difficult process. I mean, this year, KTM changed, Husky changed, Cowie changed. And then everyone, nobody thinks Honda changed, but Honda changed. The frame changed and some drive components changed. But it's a complete, it's a chaotic mess right now. I'm actually in the middle of um, all my coworkers, all three of us in the office here are uh, working on the catalog. And yeah. it's, it's brutal. I was
1: about it's to brutal. say, because, yeah, then you got to do all the catalogs and the advertising and and not yeah. only just the body plastic. Like you talk, you talked about chain guard, chain guides and chain uh, guides, skin plates player. and
5: yeah. I mean, uh, I look at, uh, Oh, I forgot. Mun
1: racing. Yeah. They're in Texas. Yep. Uh,
5: I use, I use their website and, uh, um, their Microfish for Husky and for, uh, KTM. And I mean, we're looking at the OEM. I'm looking at like the wheel bearings. I'm looking at the axle. I'm looking at the spacers. I'm looking at swing arms. I'm looking at all that stuff. And if anything changed, it's like, all right, put that on the list and the list gets bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> and it's, sometimes it gets so overwhelming i mean this year the crf 450x is all new and <clears throat> i don't i mean italy italy will tell me this will fit this will fit this will fit but i actually will end up sending product out to customers and have them tried out for us
1: oh okay so so you kind of have guinea pigs yeah
5: yeah sometimes uh any support writers out there if they got a new uh 450 X. They should call us. We might be able to send them some products to try it out. But yeah, we do that. We do that quite a bit. Um, I mean, I talked to Chris Kiefer quite a bit. He yep. helps me out with some of the stuff. Um, I mean, we'll call Talent. We'll call Johnny Campbell. Uh, we'll, we'll call Factory uh, KTM and Husky. And I mean, it's kind of cool. A lot of those companies are very helpful, and they'll they'll get they'll get down to the just everything. You know, oh, this changed. This changed. This changed. But this will work. I mean, it's a Freaking pain in the butt, but
4: I bet <clears throat>
5: it's all worth it. It's all worth it at the end. I mean, we we uh we've been around since '73, and in the states since the I think it was the early '90s. Um, Bill Roth was running the company way 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 back in the day, and um, uh, yeah, we've been we've been doing this for a long long time, and we, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good, just super busy. Um, right. But like I said, there's only four employees. Um but what we have is the Scott Scott company. We're still we're still under the Scott umbrella to a certain extent where <clears throat> we use their warehouse, accounting, payroll, all that stuff. So legally okay. I'm actually a Scott employee.
1: Gotcha. So So in the twenty but, years you've been there, is there one yeah. product that stands out that was like, Oh, that was a mistake or that didn't work or maybe the well, the public had issues with
5: Yeah, I mean, in the public's eye, people thought this was the 90... So when I started in 98, we were just getting rid of it, but we had this plastic called the Ghost Plastic. Okay. And I have pictures of it. I'll I'll have to send it to you. It's kind of cool. But it's it's a clear. It was, like, clear with a color. Um, I still have an RM125 Shroud, but in the public's eyes, it was the most beautiful thing ever. I mean, it was super cool, way different, um, and they loved it. But it, uh, it was kind of ahead of its time. It was very fragile. Oh, okay. So, well, just yeah, a few,
2: I mean, y- a few years ago, didn't yeah. someone come out with a clear plastic again? I saw some, some yeah, uh, ads was, a, a couple years our, ago
5: about that. Yeah, that was our good buddies in Portugal. Um, uh, Polysport. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, about you know, that. It, no, no, uh, no. It's just funny because I'm actually laughing. I laugh out laughing pretty hard about that because, they were doing some social media posts, and uh they were showing clear plastics and you know i'm I'll think it not say it, thank God, but I will <laughs> you know I'm thinking to myself then they're done that
4: <clears throat> right you know, I
5: see plastic then they're done that I mean they did some other stuff and it's been they're done that so you know we started doing some throwback Thursdays and we we did a picture of some clear handguards we uh had in the and this was in the mid nineties actually. So they're they're kind of bringing it back but it's still still fragile it's still it breaks I got so, you but uh, yeah but the most successful ever 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 was that um that orange light blue 16 to 18 KTM full plastic kit yep that that was uh that was just last uh two washugel ago the washugel 17 it was introduced
1: yeah I still see it out unreal, all the time yeah.
5: unreal unreal and it just it started from there. I mean, we started doing other plastics in um light blue. Um I work with uh, a lot of the freestyle guys, uh Jeremy Stenberg, Tyler Barriman, Taka. These guys are awesome. They yeah. um uh, Stenberg Stenberg is he's very, very creative. The guy some of those guys people just don't know, but they're so badass. They're so they're just very, very smart. I mean, they wanna um grow their business, their individual yeah. businesses, freestyle. And um so Twitch Randomly said, "Can you do a teal colored plastics?" In, and at first, I want to say, "There's no way in hell I could do that." But it's like take a step back. Um, let's be a little progressive. And yeah, we made teal, and it blew up. We did that for uh, Husky, KTM, the Cowies. Mm-hmm. We did light blue. We're doing all sorts. We're gonna do. Uh, it's it's not it's really people know, but we're gonna do gray. Just it's actually the the Ford Raptor gray. Oh, and wow. it's a, it's an- idea, and that idea came from Jerry Stenberg. yeah yeah you, the guys
1: you told me that on the other day off the mm-hmm. air when we were just talking and like yeah, I love like my gear usually and my numbers are like i our red honda black background sil- silver or yeah. gray no, digits. Cause I love those dark yeah. colors, so the gray yeah the the gray kind of has me excited
2: well, I know a few years back. yeah i'm I'll do a lot of vintage stuff and uh vintage yeah. bikes and stuff and uh they had the, you know the Elsinore you know the Elsnore gray uh, colors and stuff like that and the plastic available yeah. you know a while back for the Hondas and and everything. Yep. Uh, seventies. Uh, yep. But uh, I'm I'm still kind of trying to find someone to make me that old uh, late late seventies bull taco blue. You know that's got to <laughs> be the prettiest blue there ever was, and nobody wants to make plastic to. that color.
5: And it's not the light blue we have now.
2: No, it's a it's it a darker, anything? more true. It's called a true blue, is what it was yeah. called. It's, it's true blue, it, you know. It's yeah. a gorgeous blue. Is Taco is probably the most prettiest bike out there, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> ever built. So,
5: and, but, it's, uh, and it's funny you're talking about the Elsnors. The '93 to '97 KTM's had this really, really pretty uh, metallic silver. Yep. And um, that that's a color I, I'd like to bring back. And I don't care if people know. And our competitors, they I don't think they can do it, but. <laughs> Um, I kind of want to do a metallic series one of these years, but I got to get some freestyle, you know, some freestylers to back us and run it. But, um, yeah, we're, it's kind of fun. I mean, we're, we're, I'm, I'm like trying my best to get, um, that gray color for Twitch before the end of the year. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of my goal and I'm, I mean, we're working our butts off to get it, but the mold for Kawasaki is, it's ready, I think in like a couple of weeks and it's it's a process to make the plastics, and we make three, four, or five hundred pieces at a time. So it's like a it's 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 a couple weeks production to make that color. Gotcha. But, um,
1: yeah. So uh, that'd be kind of cool. When when somebody like Twitch comes to you and they have this idea, first of all, how feasible is it? I, I assume it has to be something that you know you can put into production. Like you can't just do a one off. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. what's like the cost? Thought I don't know why I'm trying to word this. What what do you have to take into consideration? Okay, Twitch wants so, to go gray, or so you're gonna yeah. out, You got to decide if you can sell it first of all. If, it's, if people are gonna want it, then you got to go yeah. and, and make some of it. So like, what's the time frame, and how do you decide what you're gonna go ahead and do, and and maybe what you decide not to do?
5: I mean, when um, when Twitch, um, it'd be a, it, last Christmas was when we uh, we got that teal color for him. But when he, over the phone or text, we text um, back and forth, he, um, he was asking about doing that teal. The first thing I said is, can you help me sell it? And he's like, "And that's through social media. That's mm-hmm. through Instagram. He's, he's more Instagram.
4: Sure.
5: But that's through Instagram. And, um, you know, there's a lot of those guys, um, they make quite a bit of money from some sponsors, but then there's some sponsors that try to help them out as best they can, you know, with good product. Yep. And that's what I pretty much told, you know, Stenberg and and Tyler Berriman and all those guys was, um, um, you know, I can provide you with really, really good product, but if it's something new and something different, I need help selling it. So I might lean on you, you know, every so often. Sure. Too.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. You
5: throw a post out there. You know, I mean, we did a, that, that orange with light blue for the KTM. We we did a light blue Yamaha. So I actually leaned on uh, two Western Power Sports reps to uh, post that light blue, and it's selling, it's selling fairly well. I mean, some of the stuff doesn't sell off the shelves, you know, like uh, that orange blue or, or all the stock stuff does, but right. it, it makes us so much different compared to our competitors, and that's what we strive for is to be different and be innovative and progressive, you know. So if these if these guys want fluorescent colors, if they want something that we don't have, it's like, let us know. I mean we we won't say no, but yeah, we have to have a we have to have the sales to back it up and and then talent is I mean I've been there for I would say a hundred years, but I've been there for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Talent's my boss and if I come to him with some crazy uh hairbrain idea, he will usually I mean he'll say, Can you sell it? And then it's like, Yeah, I can sell it and ninety nine percent of the time if I say I can sell it, I can sell it. So Very cool. Um Twitch helped me huge with the teal. I mean, I wish we could, I wish we could do colors faster though. But right, um, you know, those guys change their graphics and their gear and stuff quite a bit. Um, sure. That I can't keep, I can't keep changing, I can't change the plastics that fast. So, uh, but yeah, Honda, you know, Honda and KTM and um are great for those bikes. Those will be ready. And we'll probably have those before Christmas. But now is going to be like right at A so. one.
1: Oh, okay. Well, and when you when you have a like a team deal, uh, you, when you sponsor yeah. a factory team, um how does that mm-hmm. work? Like how do they get a Ooh. certain number of sets? Does it depend on the team? And then typically kind of, as soon yeah. as the race is over they're giving that stuff away to fans. So Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Um
5: oh. <laughs> yeah, they uh it, no, it depends. <laughs> no, please don't give out the track markers and please don't give out the plastics. No, they they um it just depends on the team. I okay. mean, a lot of the guys we we sponsor KTM off-road and they use I think they use every single piece we make. I mean, chain sliders and guides and disc covers and mounts and everything like that and yeah, the teams get uh, a certain amount of uh plastics at the at the beginning of the season, Supercross season.
4: Yeah. And then you yeah,
5: have throughout the year. And I my coworker Adam Corals, he puts in the uh he puts in those orders for the teams with talent and uh, okay. yeah, it's a lot. I and I do the ordering. I do a lot of the ordering. But um yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty gnarly. I mean, cuz they could easily take up you know 25 percent of our inventory
1: yeah i would think because i mean those guys you know. they're run, gonna run new plastic every week i mean yeah they oh, bikes have to look time. brand new every week and yeah yeah so i, I figured that that's got to be i mean it, obviously it's an incredible advertisement for a turbies and yeah I, it you guys obviously are probably the leaders in plastic um Yeah, you mentioned the. Well, we mentioned polysport earlier, and I'll I'll admit I've run the stuff because hell, I was a budget budget guy, you know, and whatever I could get cheapest. But you get what you pay for.
5: Yeah, you do. You do. And we've. I mean, you know how the the the, you hear about the cost of oil going up, barrels of oil going up, and it's the same thing with. um, Plastic is is a polypropylene plastic. It's oil based, and we. We try our hardest not to increase prices in the past couple years. Um, all three, four of our competitors have increased prices and we've stayed. So I'm not going to say we're the low leader, but we are, you know, we try to, we try to have our price, um, comparable. Right. But our biggest thing is customer service and, and inventory. We got a, I got a huge warehouse full of, uh, full of products ready to roll, ready to sell, ready to ship. So I got yeah, hard, a I got a question.
2: Yeah. Got a I got a question for you for the the poor broke guys out there like me that are trying to keep <laughs> yeah. their their plastic shiny. They can't afford that new plastic every other week, but you know it, yeah. it, it's good and strong, but after moto after moto after moto, uh, especially like when yeah. I just came back from Glen, Glen Helen, everything looked like it was sandblasted, you know? So yeah. what is, you know, uh is there any trick out there that some of us low budget guys I have the
1: answer.
5: Can uh can get
2: that shine and luster back thing.
1: out. Yeah, there's a
5: certain product that Maxo makes called F C one. Yeah, is in I, a can. I have yeah, Ron Machine, uh Danny there. Oh my gosh. That's like the best product ever. I mean yep. there's other companies that make similar products, but I just I, I usually run the products that people you know, I help them, they help me and yeah, F C one, that stuff is that stuff is golden. I mean, and what you do is you spray it on your bike before, and then you spray it and wipe it off the tops of your fenders, and then spray it underneath your fenders, and then the mud won't stick. But don't wipe it off. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, when you when you wash it when you get home, yeah, it might be completely sandblasted, but you put that FD one on there. Oh, it looks brand new. It's good
1: and it smells good too. <laughs> it does smell good. <laughs> yeah, it smells yeah, it's good. Kind of funny, huh? <laughs> but my answer was going to be run up front. <laughs> if you stay oh, up front, yeah. you don't have a problem. You know,
5: Yep, yep. Not everybody as fast as you, Dark Side. Shit.
1: I'm, I'm only in front <laughs> if there's nobody else out there. So I'm in
5: front if it's if it's for lunch. That's what right. I'm not front. I'm running. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Hey, yeah, so I, I got but, another um, question. Um this one's always bothered me. I, you know, I go on BTO oh. or I go wherever and I order a, a plastic kit, right?
5: How do you pro- how do you pronounce the name of Cherubis? I can tell you. No,
1: that. no, I know it's uh, my okay. question is why is there not a number plate, a front number plate in the kit?
5: Well, we have two different kits. We have a standard kit. So let's just say a normal, normal bike, not, you know, like um, Yamaha's have an upper shroud, a lower shroud. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a normal, normal bike. We sell two different plastic kits. One's the standard, which is a front, rear shrouds and sides, and that price is um, the, like one thirty-four. Okay. Uh, retail, and then we have the full plastic kit, which is everything. So okay. it's all four pieces, front and mm-hmm. plate, lower fork covers. And those range between like 159 and 200 bucks. just depends on the model.
1: So basically, but, I just um, didn't do my research well enough when I ordered kits. No,
5: you probably bought Polysport. Probably. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just yeah. joking. I did but, buy a uh, Turbys. No,
1: they, I bought a turbie's yeah. the last time I ordered a plastic kit um, before uh, I knew you. And then, you know, I mean, I got, I, 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 I became friends with you, I guess, through Kiefer, you know. Yeah. Telling me I need to contact you when my OEM uh fork guard failed. So Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was kind of yeah. interesting to watch my whole shot device go flying.
5: Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Now you're now you're factory backed. Now you're sponsorized.
1: Yeah. I, say, I mean look, right? my best friend Michael Gage, who Derek knows, he always tells me you're all show and no go.
5: <laughs> That's me.
1: The bike looks good, yeah. looks pretty. He's pretty. Yep. And yeah, when I the fast guys come,
5: I literally have a yeah. I I literally have a factory edition factory looking KTM in the garage and it's it's yeah. Just Ten so. hours. Kiefer calls me every so often. How many
1: got how many hours you got on that?
5: <laughs> right. He, he he guessed fourteen and I got I had fifteen at the time, so That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll show no go That's me for sure. Right. But uh but yeah the the plastic industry is it's it's definitely growing. Um yeah, we have a lot of people helping selling our products and doing a good job with it and yeah, but that's the biggest thing is, like, I'm trying to be creative these days because, I mean, a, a Raider Shroud's a Raider Shroud.
4: Cycra
5: sure. makes different pieces, you know, they make their,
4: <clears throat>
5: the, the airflow shrouds and fenders and stuff like that. I mean, we make OEM replacement, but we make it stronger, we try to make it stronger and lighter, and um, and then, yeah, lately it's just been, you know, I mean, some of the colors I personally wouldn't run, Yeah. but... You know, on other people's bikes, um, they, look, they look beautiful. Right. My gosh. I mean, um, and every single time you see some of those freestyle guys doing their, uh, their rear fender drags, just remember, I got to send them a new teal or light blue or flow orange or flow yellow or whatever they're running. Every time. Right. It's kind of funny. I love it. That's good publicity right there. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So, hey, before we let yeah. you go, um, Yo, the Cherby's has some gear. You guys aren't pushing it yeah. super hard. Yes. No, no,
5: no, no. We, I mean, we have the big three distributors that have their own, you know, house brand gear and, uh, we don't want to interfere with that at all. So we bring, I mean, honestly, when I, we calendar and order it, it's, it's onesie twosie and okay. then I'll reorder. And if it sells, um, I mean, we have, uh, we have, uh, some sponsored riders and if they buy it, they buy it. If they don't, they don't, we don't push it on them. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many, I mean, I can't even tell you how many brands of gears out there now.
1: Oh, I know. And,
5: and I mean, I, and I, 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 wear our gear. I wear other people's gear, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I wear our gear most of the time and, um, yeah, we don't really push it. You know, back in the old days, or old days, five, six, seven years ago when, um, Barsha was running, um, Alpine Star gear and everyone's asking where to get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it we're, that's pretty much what we're doing is sure. we we bring it in the states we have it on some riders for marketing
1: yeah Max we know max is wearing it obviously
5: yeah max is wearing it um but we have i mean we have head to toe pant jersey gloves um they even have helmets in europe but they're not dot approved so we don't bring them over okay well
1: but, um, i got a question yeah, we on have, that
2: yes sir well, you got round boy sizes in that
5: yeah i'm a round boy myself yeah they the Italians are really skinny and they <laughs> yes they are it took it took everything I could to to do to ask them to make, you know, big kid sizes. And I mean, they're making that athletic fit Jersey. Yeah. And, and I knew that was happening because everyone else is doing it and they, they sent over the part numbers and yeah, there's a three XL, but I'm a XL two XL guy. And it, it, I, that's, that's a tight fitting three XL. That's a, <laughs> that's a tight fitting. So really, really, yeah. And the biggest, yeah. The biggest waist we have is a 38 yep okay so yeah it's kind of kind of skinny skinny italian sizes i guess european sizes
1: right right yeah yeah the it, <laughs> most other countries uh aren't quite as overweight as we are
5: no it's weird and they eat more than us and they work more than us yeah it's crazy yeah but uh but yeah no, no cool. big boy sizes Yeah.
1: Well, Brian, man, thanks for coming on tonight, man. I appreciate all the help Heck you've yeah. given me and uh a be being the sponsor of the podium on Thursdays. Yeah. It's that's awesome, man. I appreciate you guys what you do for us.
5: When are we gonna give some kids away?
1: Um, well, let's talk about that. We're gonna do that on the podium. Um Okay. Let's let's do that not this week but next. We'll we'll come up I'll let's talk to it. you off air, we'll figure out how we wanna do it and let's do it.
5: Yeah, let's do it. It's awesome.
1: I'm down. That'll be fun. All right, man. Cool. Hey. I uh, appreciate you coming right, on, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. You too. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. All right, Brian. Thanks, bud. All right. See you. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Brian Fullerton with a Cheruby. So if you guys need plastic, anything to freshen up your bike, if you need new chain guards, whatever, uh, the number plates, they, they've got all kinds of cool stuff. Check out at com, and uh, you can give them a call and ask for Brian, and he will hook you up. And we'll take a commercial break and be back soon. back and our next guest is brought to you by power band racing power band racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing the best service and products they are committed to developing new products that improve your ride they want your suspension to be the best it can be man i just got through just threw myself off awesome anyway. based out of minneapolis <laughs> they are a wp authorized service center trusted by ryan sipes From mini bikes to big bikes power band racing has your suspension covered Contact them at 320 983 3400 and follow them on Facebook. Our next guest is Austin Rohr. I hope I said that right. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. R O H R, but sounds yeah. like R O A R. That's what
1: I thought. Austin Rohr, he is a photographer and writer for Trans World. What's going on, Austin?
0: Oh, not much. Just uh, enjoying my evening here, and uh, we're gearing up for the holiday that's coming up here. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> there's always this- a
0: lot of fun things going on with that.
1: Absolutely. But this has got to be a pretty busy time for you guys at Transworld where, you know, silly season sort of, you know, we got all the overseas supercrosses. Just there's so much going on getting prepared for A1.
0: It's a it's a weird time for sure. It's weird because uh in some ways, you know, the race the race season keeps you really busy. Um you know, just keeping up on everything there. But then this time of year comes and and all of a sudden you're like Oh shoot, we we got to we got to go like we got to ramp this thing up cuz now uh you don't have I mean you do have all the off-season races but there's not like that constant feed of news coming in and uh you really have to sort of make news happen.
1: <laughs> right, right. You
0: know what I mean? You know you got to go out, you got to be really proactive and uh it's it's tough because you're also you are balancing the holidays and you're balancing all these guys being at boot camp and uh they're not easy to reach but uh (laughs) yeah it's 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 tough you know um so you're uh you're almost more mentally busy than you actually are physically busy you're not necessarily working quite as much of a grind but like your your mind is constantly spinning like okay what
1: can i do now right right Um, create content and all that yeah Um, yeah yeah. So, what's your background? How did you get involved with Transworld? I mean, were you in the moto <laughs> ahead of time, or you, I, I kind of actually know what you <laughs> Anton told me to bust your balls a little bit about uh being a quad guy. <laughs> So yeah, I, I almost didn't uh, <laughs> let you come on once I found that out, but we'll let it slide. But what, what, uh, I can't blame you. <laughs> what- what is your background and like, how did you get into ph- photography, uh, you know, writing, were you in journalism in high school? Like, what's your story?
0: Oh man. Uh, let me, uh, <laughs> let me try and give you my best elevator speech on that one and, uh, <laughs> give you, give you the rundown. Um, okay. I, yeah. So as, as Anton said, I was a, A quad guy for a long time i only i really only got on a bike last year
1: oh wow okay um
0: i and and what that comes down to is uh as a kid like we went to we went to like an arena cross um just just to see like my mom really wanted me to get into dirt bikes because it was something she was into oh cool and uh I was kind of a I don't know, just kind of a real reserved kid, like, afraid to get dirty, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so she took me to an arena cross, and it, it was a snooze fest, if I'm being honest. Like, I was not into it at all. But then the halftime show was a quad freestyle. Oh, boy. And watching that as, like, an eight-year-old kid, I was like, oh, these guys are way cooler than the guys racing dirt bikes, you know? Like, this, this is way more entertaining to me. Okay. Uh, So that got me started like wanting a quad and then I got a quad for Christmas and just went through the whole process of getting into it. And I think about probably about 14 or 15, I started getting interested in racing and actually started really like following uh motocross and supercross and all of that. And then at that point I was like, well, it, cause you know, at, at that age, like, we didn't have a lot of money to spare for sure. like all the, all the extra stuff, you know? So it was like, I didn't grow up poor by any means, but if I want to go race, like that was kind of coming out of my own pocket. And so pretty much from that point forward, I was like, if I want to race, I got to do it on a quad because I'm way better at it already. And, uh, I'm, I, to sell everything and then start over and start that learning process on a dirt bike. It just, uh, at that age it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
1: No, I can so, understand that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of stuck with what, with what I knew and what I was good at. And, um, but all along really, really into moto, really into supercross, followed it like religiously and, uh, and was just a, a real big fan of it all along. Um, and then, yeah, once I, once I was actually able to afford a dirt bike, that's when I bought the one I have now. And, and, uh, transitioned over that. And then, uh, at the same time I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in, in school. And, uh, so I was originally thinking like mechanical engineering or something like that Okay. to possibly, you know, go into that field and do like the development on dirt bikes and motorcycles and all that kind of stuff. Um,
1: that's cool. I mean, that's, you're obviously smarter than I am.
0: (laughs) Well, I, it's just, uh, I just had that drive, I guess. I don't know. Um, and so, but I got into college, uh, and realized pretty immediately, like math is not my thing at all. I (laughs) mean, I was, I was just bombing my math classes, Yeah. But at the same time, I was acing all of my like English classes and everything like that. And so I thought, well, if this is my strength, like I I need to pursue that. So I kind of switched over, got into that a little more, took some like base level communications classes and really got hooked on it. And I guess my, my thinking from that point forward was, you know, if I could get into PR or journalism, that'd be awesome. And at the same time, if... If it worked out that I could get a job like the one I have now, then even better. But in my head, like all along, I just kept thinking to myself, I, I can't see myself like I'm living in SoCal, and I can't really see. You know, there's not there's not a lot of jobs in this industry as far as motocross journalism. Like it's a pretty small group of people yes. that yes. get that privilege. And all along in my head, I was like, I, I mean. Of all the people that probably want to do that job, like what are the odds it's me? <laughs> you know? Sure, I can so see that. It wasn't it wasn't something I really banked on ever, but it was always in the back of my head, like oh, that'd be cool, that'd be the dream. Um, so after I got out of college, I realized pretty quickly, like there's really not a lot of jobs out there. Period. Um, and so I I struggled a little bit with the kind of the year that I got out and was just trying to figure out like what to do with myself and and where to where to go from there. And uh, so fast forward to, let's see, January of last year. um, I came down here to visit actually uh, a best friend who just happens to live uh, right near where Transworld is at. And uh, we went down, we went to the San Diego Supercross and, We're hanging out there for the day and just, you know, having a good time. And I saw, I saw Don in the pits and like this light bulb went off in my head. Like, Hey, you're not really doing anything else with your life right now. (laughs) You know, you're, you're working like basic, like just a little bit above a minimum wage job. Right. Like, you know what? Why don't you just go ask him like what advice he has? And so, that's really all I did. I, I went over, I shook his hand, I introduced myself. And uh, my my question to him was like, what advice do you have for someone like me who wants to get into this? And at first he kind of scoffed at me and <laughs> he was a little bit like, kind of, I don't want to say standoffish, but um, I'm sure he gets asked that question or questions like that a lot.
1: Yeah, probably every and weekend. Immediately,
0: yeah. So immediately he was like, you know, we really don't, you know, it's like a lot of guys can take photos and all that stuff. And, you know, but if you're a writer, then you have, you know, a little bit more weight because there's not a lot of people who want to get into this position that can actually write. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and, and that just kind of set it off. I was like, oh, that's, that's my strength. Like, that's what I'm actually good at. Um, and so after, we kind of talked a little bit back and forth. He just said to me like, Hey, we actually have a, a job open. So send me your information, uh, send me an email and just say like, Hey, I'm the guy that you met at San Diego and we'll go from there. Uh, um, that's cool. And so, yeah. So the Monday, the Monday after that Supercross, I, I sent him my information and, uh, I don't think I heard back for like two weeks or something like that. And then he contacted me and, he sent me, he sent me like what he sent me like a, a thing to work on, like a, basically like a test almost of like uh-huh. going through an editing, okay. an article. And then it just kind of went back and forth from there. And slowly it turned into like, Hey, go fill out the job application on our website. And then, uh, you know, I'd like to, like, he happened to be coming up to the Northwest. So he met me and, uh, we had kind of like a, little interview deal there. And then they flew me down for a real interview and it just kind of, it just kind of went from there. And, uh, it I think it was, it was like April of last year when they were like, all right. Yeah. Like you're the guy. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's, that's really cool. So, I mean, that, look, yeah, you, you had to stick your neck out there a little bit by just even going up and introducing yourself. And it, it's similar to like Ouija's story where he just told Davey, Hey, I'm going to come work for you basically. And, you know, (laughs) um, that's, that's rad. I mean, not very many people have the guts to walk up to somebody like that. And, and, you know, you ask for some advice, you, you, that's, that's a cool story, dude. I like it. I dig it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's certainly not the way that a lot of people get into that position. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say that the industry is closed off by any means but it's uh it's one of those things where generally it seems like you kind of have to know somebody yes to get your foot in the door
2: it and, is uh, a, it's a niche I, situation I is what yeah it is. it's a very close you I, know tight niche
0: yeah and i have no idea what what it was in particular that don saw that day but uh man i'm just it, i i can't be any more thankful to be in the position i'm in now and to have this opportunity it's it's crazy awesome and uh it's just weird, you know, it's weird. Cause, uh, yeah, not a lot of people just shake hands with somebody and get offered a job. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: So I got, uh, so with you being a writer and stuff, does, you know, on the, on the photo side of it, I mean, there is, mm-hmm. are you finding that that being a writer is helping you to actually get the, the better action shots and stuff to, you know, for, for your, uh, uh, your articles and stuff like that, or are you just oh, kind of, yeah. Uh, flying by the seat of your pants and just happen to be in the you know, the right spot in the corner or something like that, you know, over a jump.
0: It's, yeah, it's no, I would say definitely the, the thinking about what you want to write helps you take the photo that you need, because if, if you're out there, you're thinking, you know, okay, I need, you know, if I'm going to talk about this guy's cornering ability, I need good corner shots, or, you know, if I'm, a perfect example is, like, you know, the Monday kickstart that we do mm-hmm. uh, after all the races. I mean, that thing's loaded with photos. It's, like, a lot of times I'm uploading, like, 100 photos of that thing. And uh, whenever whenever I have the camera out, it's, like, I'm thinking ahead of time, what, what do I want my caption for that photo to be? And then that kind of determines what I'm looking for, how I take it, things like that. Um, and... Real quick, I mean, the, int- the interesting thing is I actually never, like, I shot, like, landscape photography just for, for fun. Okay. And I took, like, a few photography classes. And actually, like, I did a lot of video growing up as a kid, but I was never good at it. And I'm still, I don't think I'm that good at it. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when it, when it came to photos, it was, like, maybe a week into the job. And Don had me go out to Paula and uh, do some rider interviews and take some photos out there. And that was honestly the first time I ever pointed my lens at a dirt bike. (laughs) Wow. And uh, I I had no idea what I was doing at all, but, you know, through through his guidance and, you know, like, talking to our photo editor, Mike Emery, and getting, like, tips from him and everything, uh, they've all really helped me figure out, like, here's the settings you use, and, like, here's, you know, some advice and this and that, and... I think once you understand that and you have a basic understanding of like what those settings do and you know, like basic photo composition and lighting and all that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just a matter of repetition. And I'll tell you when you go to a race and you shoot, I mean, I on average probably shoot between 1200 and 1800 photos every race. Like after a while you just start getting kind of a hang for it. And I would not say that like, I mean, my thing with taking photos is a lot of times my focus really is capture, like, the action, like, the heat of the moment or capture, like, you know, an important moment or detail from the race. Um, and I I feel like I've maybe gotten really lucky on some of those. <laughs> you know, just having happen to, happen to stand in the right corner at the right time or whatever it was. Right. Um, but when I look at, you know, when I look at, like, what Emory does when I look at what Garth and Swanee do or or Cudby or Cudby. any of those guys like I always see them and I think like, okay, how do I be that artistic? And I don't know I don't quite know still what that piece is and it, it might just be my eye for it. Mm-hmm. But I, I still always look at that and I'm like, okay, that's the next step. Like that's the next level up that I want to aspire to be when it comes to photography.
2: So sometimes what you're saying in it or what I'm getting is that sometimes your photos, uh, decide what you write. And then sometimes you're writing the, you know, it, it back and forth. It, it, sometimes you're writing, yeah. uh, or so yeah. you want to go with a story. So then you kind of direct your, your photos towards that more.
0: All right. Yeah, I absolutely. But it's, it's definitely, I would say for me, it's more, uh, driven by writing because that tends to be more just the role that I end up being in right um you know it just it naturally kind of pushes you in that direction where it's like that's at the end of the day that's what i need um and then i just try and shoot as much as i can on top of that
1: absolutely <laughs> right on i mean it, i'm i've taken a few pictures here and there just with a cheap camera and like i never get good shots so <laughs> What what you got when I see the pictures you guys put up on transworld.com or in the in the magazine the print magazine it's just unreal man you guys are right in there and
2: you see every little you know dirt clot yeah, of the roost you know yeah, it's, it's like pretty Jesus.
1: pretty pretty cool what you guys do and I'm always kind of a little jealous when I get to go to a supercross or mx of nations and I see you guys walking around with all the cameras and I'm like man that's <laughs> kind of cool
0: No I I appreciate that a lot it's it's something I know that all of us take a lot of pride in and and we really strive to be able to do the best that we can with that. And, uh, you know, the, the other thing about it is, uh, I, I wouldn't say that you need to go out and spend a huge chunk of change, you know, for, for anyone that wants to get into shooting photography like that. Yeah. Um, but I did shoot the whole like first year that I was in the job, I shot on, a base level Nikon DSLR. It was like, it's a D3200. Um, And that combined with like the kit lens that I had on it, it, it worked, but uh, I would say I shot almost entirely like terrible pictures. And then (laughs) there was, there was always like a few shining stars in there that I was like, okay, I can clean that up in Lightroom and make that work. Right. You know, once, once I shelled out, the money to at least buy like a legitimate lens and a camera body that wasn't base level that changed a lot. As far as just, you can, you can be really good at taking photos, but it's hard with dirt bikes because they move so fast. Sure. Yeah. And if your equipment doesn't move as fast as the dirt bike, you're trying to take a picture of, it's probably going to turn out out of focus or blurry or the moment's just going to be totally gone.
1: It makes know. sense.
0: So it's it's unfortunate because I, I think, I mean, as, for as many photographers as we have in the sport, I think that that kind of creates a little bit of a barrier where some people that may be interested in it don't have the means to get to that point. But at least you know, at the very least, you can make it work. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it's just a challenge.
1: <laughs> I can understand. Hey, before we let you go, um, I want to ask you one thing. Anton mentioned that you built a RM125 from the ground up, so give me a little <laughs> background at what, like, what year and what made you decide to do this project.
0: Oh man, that is uh, a thing that thing's my pride and joy. <laughs> okay, it's uh, so this is a two thousand. It's a two thousand four RM125, and I, I have wanted that particular bike not not necessarily that year but just that model yeah um that generation for forever okay like my uh my neighbors and best friends actually bought i think a 2003 back when we were little kids and just riding around the yard and that was like the first thing i had seen pretty much besides like a honda dirt bike
4: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> up until that point yeah
0: and so it seemed it seemed real exotic to me at the time and then uh from then on we watched you know a lot of nitro Circus and things like that and obviously uh travis pastrana has made that bike very exciting
4: absolutely <laughs> and uh
0: you know it's kind of it's kind of his iconic thing that that generation of rm so uh my my love for it only grew from there <laughs> and uh it was kind of like something that i i never really knew for sure if I was gonna actually get one or not, but I I would spend, you know, a couple minutes on Craigslist every day. Okay. Just typing in arm one twenty five, seeing what was up. And uh so when I finally had enough money to buy one, I uh I found this guy on Craigslist and it still had like the original graphics. It still had all the warning labels.
1: Oh wow like,
0: everything everything was Totally immaculate as far as that goes. Yeah. And uh I went and bought the bike and it was like a no brainer to pick it up. I think it was like eighteen hundred bucks. Um, which is a little more pricey than I think a one twenty five should be, but <laughs> they're popular right now, so I think it's a little inflated, you know. <laughs> but I bought it, brought it home, went to like the first thing I was like, Okay, I'm gonna air filter, go through, like figure out like does it need chain, does it need this, that? Yeah. And uh go to change the oil and of course like the drain bolt threads were cracked (laughs) and so from then on it was like you know I I couldn't get it to stop leaking oil after I'd taken that drain bolt out (laughs) Of course. you know and I was looking into like can I get this thing welded do I have to buy like you know buy a different uh engine case like what do I got to do right and ultimately um before I got the job here, I tore the motor out of the bike and had the the whole thing torn down and split the cases and was basically just sitting on eBay looking for a possible match. Okay. For I think it's a I think on that bike it's a right side engine case. I don't know. It's one of the two sides, but I was just looking for that engine case because they're surprisingly hard to find, and you have to get. I believe you have to get like an 03 to 04, like there's a very specific year that'll work. Sure, But the yeah, earlier yeah. ones won't, and the older ones won't, you know, of course. Of course. So. Of course. <laughs> um, at that point, the bike's already torn down. It's all in a box, and then I get the job here, and now I've got to move all down. So <laughs> then I just tore the whole bi- the whole bike down into, you know, different sections and put it all in boxes and literally moved it down here like that. Um, and then Don hooked me up with Jay Clark and he was awesome and helped me out getting the engine dialed in. Oh, great. And then, uh, Don's brother, Ross, obviously he runs Enzo. So I was able to send my suspension there because my fork seals were leaking by this point. And then, uh, I went through the bike and realized that although the bike was really clean and it was still stock, like, it had been just abused on trails up in Washington for probably his whole life.
1: Right. Right. And,
0: uh, so there was just, you know, every bearing was rusty and there was numerous rusty parts and a lot of like, kind of like trail rider, Jerry rig stuff, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah.
4: Using definitely. just
0: like aluminum plate drilled with holes to like make something mount upright or whatever. <laughs> um, <It was> modified. <laughs> And so, uh, I, I would say that I had a pretty bad case of OCD kick in at that point, And it just became like an obsession to go through every, every detail of the bike top to bottom. And I ended up replacing like the swing arm, the subframe, the airbox, uh, obviously that engine case, like radiators. I mean, pretty much the whole bike is all refurbished or new in some way. I got the frame powder coated um and i actually did that with san diego powder coating and chris johnson over there and uh you know he does the he does the rocky mountain atv ktm team yeah yeah frames right and everything so they they know what they're doing which is super important with powder coat because otherwise you end up with powder coat in your bolt holes and you can't yep. line things up and Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah it was uh cool. it took me months but um it's a super awesome bike it's And it's awesome for learning because uh, I, in the first, like, two weeks of being in this job, I completely wrecked myself on a KTM 250 (laughs) that Don put me on. And, and, uh, yeah, so getting on a 125, that was a difference maker for me, being able to ease my way into it. And, yeah, I actually, uh, right now the bike's torn down again because I dropped it off the back of my Jeep. Oh,
1: (laughs) jeez. And broke a bunch of stuff on it
0: so i've been going through and replacing a bunch more parts and getting it freshened up again but
1: i'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to your bike build man that's a that's a hell of a project but it sounds rad do you have pictures of it on your instagram
0: i do i do i uh
1: and like i said i'll uh i since i
0: i destroyed like the right side or the left side panel and the rear fender so badly so i'll uh i've got my guy doing graphics right now and and i'll I'll hopefully have some new pictures of it and a, a whole new look for it. Nice in the next uh, in the next few weeks. So right on. It's uh it's super exciting and I hope uh man I hope people uh, like it. You know it's it's not not that that's what I'm looking for by any means, but uh, yeah yeah but... I think I think I mean everybody says it, but 125s are are awesome and uh it's like the one bike that I think 90 eight percent of us should probably be on anyways so I do
1: not disagree I
0: hope, it, I hope it inspires people to get on them you know i hope
1: right.
0: it it makes somebody want to build their own and and i think these bikes are deserving too of uh you know preservation and restoration and
1: oh yeah they're, totally they're
0: classics, agree.
1: so well austin man thanks for uh coming on tonight for a little bit it was really great getting to know you a little bit and uh hear a little bit about your story and i mean i've seen you in a bunch of the races i don't know that i've ever actually been introduced but um you know i know anton and I thought, man, I've seen that guy so many times. I was like, I got to get him on. I want to know a little bit about you.
0: Oh, well, awesome! No, I I really appreciate the opportunity, and uh, man, it's I podcasts are fun. You know, I definitely uh, I love radio and podcasts and all that stuff. So I I really enjoyed being on, and uh, yeah. yeah, the next time uh, the next time I'm at a race and I see you, it'd be uh, it'd be great to introduce myself yeah. to you in person. But yeah, I'll it, see you at a one. Great, it's been great talking to you, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really I'm really glad that we got to do this.
1: Absolutely awesome. Thanks, man. And, yeah, I'll I'll uh, come say hi to you at, a- at A1.
0: All right. That sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to it. All right, bud. Have
1: a good night. Thanks.
0: All right. Thank you. You too. All right.
1: It really does take a true talent to take good pictures. You think it's easy, and every once in a while you might get lucky, but those guys are be- – like, besides the- taking thousands, like you said, of pictures, they're good at what they do. They got the angles and the lighting.
2: I wouldn't imagine – 1,200, 1,300, 1,400 pitchers in a day. But, you yeah. know, I can imagine so because they're just steady clicking. But yeah, those guys make us slow and fat guys look good. Dude, you, you ain't know? lying. i <laughs> got
1: a couple pictures of me. I was like, dude, I don't think that's me. <laughs>
2: yeah, they make yeah. us look like the pros. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, let's take uh, one last break and we'll be back with Tyler Bowers. next guest of the night is brought to you by all sport dynamics when riding and racing dirt bikes protection is key all sport dynamics are hands down the best wrist braces available so hit me up darkside mx3 at aol.com or visit motocrosswristbrace.com on the line with us is mr tyler mr tyler bowers man how you doing tonight
7: good man how you guys doing
1: doing real good I, i would assume you're pretty tired you you just got back from paris and then you were in germany i think the week before
7: yeah i'm I'm pretty jacked up honestly uh yeah, last year I went and did kind of the same trips I uh, went to stuttgart um Germany, and then had a couple days at home yeah and then I uh, went went back for pairs and uh you know like the the jet lag things usually just a pain in the butt but uh <laughs> last year i had I had a newborn last year, so yes, I told you, did. Them, you know when I went over, I was like, man, you know this is actually a little bit better I'm getting more sleep here than I do at home so, <laughs> You're um, right. so this yeah, but now now we're you know a little over a year into it, and, and she's sleeping through the night. Now I'm now I'm jacked up again.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then you're going back to Germany. What in another week?
7: Yeah, I got, uh, two weeks. I go back. Uh, the next race is November 30th and the uh, December 1st.
1: Well, and how how do you like racing overseas? I mean, you know, I, I there's good money in it from what I understand, but I mean, do you really enjoy seeing like other, first you get to see other parts of the world? The fans are are probably much different than the U.S. fans is it is it a highlight of your week your year
7: um uh, you know it's 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 different um in the past you know when i was younger i actually didn't like it too much uh, okay you know i'm an american i'm an american through and through sure and, uh, you know when i went over before i used to go over and kind of fight it a little bit um but now i've kind of submerged submerged myself in the culture a bit and kind of you know just open myself up to just everything there like even like i, I hated the food before i was like dude i can't stand this stuff i <laughs> You know, but I, I was trying to order it wrong. I was trying to order what an American would order over there. Right. It just never came out. So I just said, whatever. Just I just started, like, shooting that stuff on the menu now. Uh, <laughs> last year, I went over, there, I, I enjoyed it a little bit more. And um, You know, I, I kind of had a scare last year. I didn't know if it was going to be the end of my career or not. So um, when, I, when I had the chance to go over last year, I just was really uh, – I, I think I'm enjoying – being places more now you know when i was younger and a lot of you guys still do this too we, we travel so much good all these cities in the u.s mm-hmm. overseas and and that but we're, we're, we're just usually there um you know we hurry up and fly in and, and do our race and just you know put our heads down and focus on the race and turn on fly out hurry up and get back to our training program at home um i've learned to just kind of enjoy being there more now um you know focus on racing but just enjoy being at these places and, and, and traveling um the way we do now um, so, yeah, I, I do enjoy
4: it now.
1: Uh, yeah,
7: it, it's just different.
1: I would think, you know, like being a parent, it really does readjust your focus on life and your, you know, every just the way you look at things changes a great deal. And of course, it looked like Brady got to go with you to Paris. She kind of got a little weekend away together. I mean, that's got to be just kind of refreshing, you know?
7: Yeah, I mean, you, you know how it is. You get the kid, and, and it's it's twenty four seven with with the kid. You don't get a you don't get any breaks. And, yep. uh and you can't you can't wait for um, a, a weekend away. Not not because not you need time away, but uh, you just think you need a break, and then you sure. get you get away for six, six hours in, and you're just freaking out, wanting to come back home, and wondering what they're doing. And, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So you know, we were there for four days, and the whole time we talked about Max. And, <laughs> and can't wait to get back home. And you know, we we're at we we're at dinner um, Sunday night after the race. This very nice restaurant up on a rooftop and you know overlooking the axle tower or whatever and it was just beautiful and romantic all we could talk about the whole time was max I'm like gosh i need to hurry up and get home i can't like i wish she was here you know yeah. there, was a, there was a baby at the table over from us i was like <laughs> you know i wish we had wish we had max here you know this and that just right where, that's awesome yeah well, yeah you know how it
1: is and i think if i saw right was, did was Shay babysitting
7: yeah, yeah, we had Shea Shea Murphy. Um, yeah. yeah, she was she lives right down the street. She um, she actually runs uh, Zach Osborne's house right here, so they're just down the street from us. And, yeah, uh, I
1: was yeah, so uh, for us. I, I was giving her a hard time. I don't know, man. Anybody that wears a New Kids on the Block shirt, I don't think I'd let them around my kid. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> I don't know. That's it.
7: Brady picked that one out. So. Yeah, I was just uh, I giving her a hard time. She's good. She's good. She comes over all the time and you know spends a lot of time with Max. Yeah, and, uh, she loves it. So I think I think Max, Max might like her more than us.
1: <laughs> that's that's usually how it goes. But uh, I think they can wear
7: the same size clothes too. Please <laughs> <laughs> don't hate me. For
4: I'm that
7: gonna one. leave
1: that one alone. So <laughs> so h- how do you feel about the racing so far? I mean, I know Paris didn't go exactly how you wanted it to. Um you know, but how do you feel in your program? You're it's As of right now, it sounds like you're going to privateer at the beginning of the season at least. How do you feel race-wise, um, you know, fitness-wise?
7: Uh, I think fitness-wise, I'm, I'm plenty fine. I was just talking to uh, my mechanic yesterday about it. He's trying to come down and hang out with me, and uh, I was just telling him, you know, like I, I'm not really sweating the time I've had off with this this finger injury I've had. Yeah. Um, I felt I feel like such a sissy because I've I, I've broken all my fingers and I usually just tape them together and just you know let's go for it. You know, so it's no so big deal. They're just fingers. Uh, you know, you got nine more usually. So, uh, but this <laughs> this thing I I'm in there trying to rip it off. So, um, you know, I had to get some pins in to just to hold the bone in place and uh, it's been yeah four weeks. Last Thursday since surgery, so they pulled the pins out last week and
1: yeah that video gross.
4: <laughs>
7: yeah yeah I got to, I raced Stuttgart with the pins in um not really not really knowing if I could even race it, but you know the german a b a c series is kind of uh, my bread and butter for the year being a privateer, so i had to go i won the championship last year i had to go and try to at least get some points so um I, I, which I was able to do i was able to get six the second night, so uh that was that was good for me in the championship um and then I came home got the pins pulled out as you saw the video and then i yeah. uh, had to go back to had to go back to Paris the next weekend. Um, thinking, thinking, after getting the pins out was going to be a little bit better, but damn, I wish I would have left the pins in. Um, it just, it was a little bit more sore after getting them out. Um, nothing, no problem with healing. Uh, just, yeah, I think I need a little bit more support, or, or not really support, but I think mentally, when you're yeah. riding and you know there's something holding it in place, you're not really worried about it as much. I mean, having pins hanging out with the fingers is a little bit scary. You know, you don't want to crash on it and this right. and that. Um, but but it was, it was a little bit more reassuring knowing that there was some hardware there, holding everything in place. So I was just worried about it the whole time in Paris, but, uh, the first day was pretty bad. Um, I, cra- I had a, I crashed the first moto and then, uh, couldn't get, I had some bike issues, uh, on the first moto. And then I went like 18, 14, 14, which was not pretty at all. Um uh, but the second, the second night I finished in the top 10 at every moto. So it was nine, I think nine, 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 um, or 11, nine, nine. sorry, yeah, outside yeah. of the top 10 numbers, but, uh, yeah, so it was pretty good the second night, um, and I was just I was just happy to get out of there alive. You know, there was a lot, a lot going on in Paris. A lot of those guys have a lot to prove, um, yep. which I don't really know why. It's kind of like a one-off fun race, um, but guys, guys like to go for it there. And uh, but it's cool
2: to get there and get some gate time. So um, with the big dogs and before the season starts. Definitely. So what what are you riding now? I mean, what you know, what brand are you riding now?
7: Oh, I'm on I'm on Cowie still.
2: Still on the Cowie. Yeah, of
7: course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the Cali guys are helping me out again this year yeah
2: Um, they gave me a little bit of support
7: last year and then uh i did the testing on the 2019 forum um this summer getting it ready for for monster cup for the big unveil there um and uh yeah they did pretty good there um unfortunately like i said i hurt my finger there so um after that you know i was done with the testing and uh yeah they're just gonna give me some support for the privateer effort for supercross this year
1: now bud racing helps you in paris is that right yeah, so last year I had to, I went over. They called
7: me. They needed somebody to ride a light spike, and uh, I hadn't been riding a light spike, but uh, right. they needed me to go over and ride it. And at the time, I was just willing to ride really anything. Uh, so I flew over and, and rode it for them, and they treated me great, and they're just really great people over there, and and uh, it was a really good time. So they needed me again this year, but they they wanted me on a four fifty, and they had Jay So J on so on the two fifty, and it was uh, yeah couldn't turn it down.
1: Yeah, and um now I know Bud Racing is kinda of making a little bit of a push here in the US. Um we were actually supposed to have John on with the, tonight with them. Uh are they doing anything to help you here or was that just for the overseas race? Uh,
7: that that was just kind of for the overseas prepares. Okay. Um yeah, you know, I, I know they're doing a little bit here in the US. I think a couple years ago they, they had a small team that they kind of had a push with. Um I think it's I think it's hard because um Everything with Stefan over at Bud Racing in France is so separate from over here, from where I believe, um, or at least he doesn't have a whole lot of time or um, um, ability to be here in the U.S. Sure. to really micromanage everything here. So um, I'm not familiar with their huge push in the U.S. right now. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I know they're good people and they, they do good products, so uh, they should be
4: good.
1: So have you had, I'm sure you have your feelers out there for, um, rides or any opportunities for 2019. We're almost there. Um, like what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Are you, are you planning on, I know you're planning on doing private here right now, but do you see that being a full, the full year or kind of, what are you thinking?
7: Uh, I'm working with trigger racing again. Um, like I did last year, Chaz Cadillac at Trigger Racing uh okay. helped out Henry Miller a couple of years ago and helped out Henry again this summer, helped me out last uh supercross season before I filled in. Um and we're we're budgeting and planning to do supercross and outdoors no matter what. So if nothing happens and, and, and no films open up or anything crazy like that, um, we'll we'll do supercross and outdoors this next year. Um but we're we're hoping to the, the ultimate goal is to get a fill in right if sure. somebody gets hurt. Uh, it sucks to say but you know guys get hurt hey
1: it's a business I gotta, man
7: I, I, yeah it's, it, it sucks because I, i've been there too when i've got hurt people for me blah 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 so um you know we're, we're hoping that works um it's not like i said we're, we're just going to do our, our program which is a good program i get support from cali i get some stuff from show and stuff like that my engines are good bikes i mean the 2019 cali out of the box is freaking awesome so that's what i hear um, there's not yeah, there's not a whole lot. We're pretty lucky this year with it being that good. There's not there's not a whole lot we have to do to it um, to get it racing. Um, so we just plan on doing supercrossing outdoors on our own at least.
1: Um, right.
4: To the yeah.
1: And we, I know, you know, I, I got to meet you at Dallas last year, and you and Brady were there, and you were feeding the baby Max. And is, yeah. is that something you're going to try to do again? Is as take Brady and Max with you as many races as you can?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I think it. I mean, like you said, with the kid, with the baby, it just kind of, um, it changes your outlook on things and Mm -hmm. it makes you, people say motivated, but I wouldn't say motivated. It's more like you know what you're there for and you know what really matters. It's like you you know you're there to provide for your family uh, and at the same time, if it goes bad you know you still have your family no
2: matter what um, it grounds you is what it does you know you know
7: yeah yeah exa- exactly Keeps it, it feels like it's more stable and when i'm at the races and i have my family there with me i i just i perform better i feel better i'm i'm, I'm more grounded more stable there and and happier so um as many times as i can get them there i'd love to um I, obviously you know being a privateer this year um a lot of the a lot of the money goes towards the racing sure um so i might not be able to get them to every round but uh any round i can get them there is going to be better for sure
1: i would assume brady's gonna work some of the rounds uh I, last year i think she did some of the west coast stuff but not the whole series right
7: yeah so last year we had um um scott donk was my mechanic last year and his uh girlfriend came down with him and, and they were staying at the house his girlfriend was able to was able to watch Max on the weekends you know the races mm-hmm. and uh you know sometimes to the races with her and then watch her at the race um and, and that allowed brady to work some of the races um as well this year we're going to try to do it if we can but um she's not coming down this year they actually had a, a baby of their own um so got yeah, you. so she's staying in Canada, um, minding that, and um, you know, so if we can if we can make it happen where Brady can work, um, then all that's all good. But if not, then then I guess we are going to figure that out.
1: Right, right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I know we're interviewing you right now, but for anybody that's listening, Brady, she's got a she's working on a new calendar. Am I right?
7: Yeah. She, well, she's doing some posters and uh, okay, yeah, posters. Some posters. Yeah, posters and t-shirts. She just did a shoot with uh, that KX five hundred I built.
1: yeah, um, that thing was so sick. Cool. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to get on it and ride it. Yeah. I haven't gotten to ride it yet. <laughs> well, so if anybody's so, listening, you guys want to go and check that out. uh I'm sure on Brady's Instagram, you guys can find all that information. Yeah, she, but so uh, yeah, she's
7: working on the well, website now to put the orders up. She'll have a link on the on Brady's Instagram, Brady uh, underscore
2: Powers. Yeah, uh, I got a question. Yeah. That, that you said 500. Uh, uh, now, what year model 500? are We talking about here? Oh, that's a 91. A 91. 91. Cause yeah. see, I'm a vintage, I'm a vintage buff myself, yeah. and uh, and I just he's not it. on
1: Instagram, so he's and, he didn't know about all this, <laughs> and I, mean, I did he, not he know, know
2: about all this, but you know, I just redid a '98 CR500 that I took to Glen Helen for the vet vet worlds, and <laughs> and uh, yeah. a 20 year old motorcycle, but I mean, it was it was awesome to ride it there and stuff like that, and I mean, I really enjoy and I appreciate you know the the newer you know younger riders riding some of this old iron man that I grew up riding, so. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, man, i applaud uh, you. I appreciate it.
7: Yeah, it's real man's bike for sure. Especially <laughs> the the CR. Uh, the CR was a little bit more powerful, I think, or a little bit more explosive, right?
2: Yeah. Um, well, the
7: power valve in it, it was when it, more surprising.
2: Well, yeah. when you said five hundred, you know, any of the five, if you said five hundred, it was uh, yeah. all of them were explosive. Ship and they, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I rode a KX500 once when I was about 16, and it scared me to death. Man, why would you want to ride this? It is the it rattled like it just shook and rattled. No, no. I'll get back in my life.
7: yeah, this one when I when I got it, now, now I haven't I haven't ridden it since I've done all the stuff I did to it. I had Tom Morgan do the engine and, and I had a bunch of tie and then I, I I which the titanium might actually make it worse, I'm
4: not sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
7: <laughs> might rattle more. You know, it I think it needs to flex a little bit, which is why I kept it in the original steel frame and did all that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I, I updated a lot of it, changed kind of the, the front end, I did the four fifty front end on it, better clamps. I got the suspension that's on my race bike on it. Um so it's it's good stuff uh but when i when i wrote it in stock uh how i bought it the thing was ready to go i bought it from a guy in denver and uh he does like all original bills. and the thing i got it was like 2,900 bucks and it was, <laughs> the thing was just it was bitching man i was so happy to get it and
4: right.
7: uh I, you know I, I jetted it for sea level out here in california and i went riding and it was it was exactly like you said it was holy hell what is this thing you know <laughs> it was uh it was for me riding it. I, I loved it because it was a two stroke. You could ride like a four stroke though. Yep. I could put it third gear and, and and kind of lug it around the corners. Yeah, and ride it, it like it, a tractor. It was all, it, yeah, you could tractor it around, and it was just awesome. But when it hit, oh my god, it was it was terrifying, you know. <laughs> so the whole time you're just short shifting it, trying to get it to not hit, you know, not to get in the power band or you know, on the pipe. And uh, it was yeah, it was it was pretty exciting to ride for sure.
1: So, can we uh, maybe look forward to seeing you race this thing at straight rhythm next year?
7: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to. Yeah, are I you really? This year, yeah, yeah, I wanted to race it this year. I had it all set up. It's got. It's literally in the garage right now with supercross suspension on it.
4: Um,
7: <laughs> wow. So, yeah, after Monster Cup, I was supposed to ride it the next week, and I had it all built up and, and, and my forks and everything on it from supercross, and uh, we are going to race it at straight rhythm, but uh, yeah, the finger injury
1: put me out. I right, right. That's right. I do remember Mathis talking about that. That's right.
7: Yeah, yeah. He was all pissed off. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's uh, that's sick though, man. I, man, this. I love the two strokes being back. I wish somebody. I wish they could be competitive in Supercross. You know, it's just it's so awesome seeing those guys out there.
7: Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So like this this German series I'm doing. Um, when when I went to race it in what 2012 and 2013. Um, so 2012 was my first year over there and, and, you know, it was after my first or second arena cross title and I thought I was big and bad. I was going to go over there and heard it's, I heard it's like arena cross kind of, and I was going to just clean house.
4: Mm-hmm. And,
7: uh, I got there and there was this little short dude, French rider on a, on a two stroke KTM, just blowing my doors off on a two two fifty, and, uh, railing, they have all these like little short wall berms and he was just, dude, the guy was hauling ass and it looked, it looked so easy for him and, uh, Blunt Rochet is his name. The Dude, so talented. You know, it's one of those guys. Doesn't need to train. Doesn't need to do anything. He's just so fast. I'm right. Like, uh, but yeah, it was just so crazy going over there, thinking I was going to kill it, and this little <laughs> dude on a on a two fifty was just just handing it to me every weekend. I'm like, what is going on?
1: You know? <laughs> that's a that's an ego uh, a ego check right there.
7: Well, yeah, and and we'd go to track
1: walk, and he'd be wearing a scarf and you know the whole French you know, outfit on, and I'm like, what the hell is
4: going
1: on? You know, uh, that's <laughs> His diet was Horrible, and he just smoked me every You the sure it wasn't Sebastian crap. Tortelli? <laughs> like... I'm not sure.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, well, Tyler, man, Uh-oh. I don't want to keep you too long, man. I know you've had a extremely busy weekend, I, or, you're traveling, and I you're back home with Max. So we it means a lot to us that you would take a few minutes to talk to us and come on and. Man, I, I hope that something comes about for you. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I hope something comes about where you don't have to pay out of your own pocket to go race because I'd love seeing you out there.
7: Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh if, if not, you know, we're we're figuring that out we're gonna go race. So
1: sure. um that's what
7: that's what I do no matter what. So we're gonna we're gonna be there.
1: All right, Tyler. Thank you so much, man. You be uh be safe and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Talk to you guys soon. Okay, man. Tyler, thanks. All right. Tyler Bowers. He, um, man, he's, he's a, he's such a talented rider, you know, and I mean, he hasn't had the best luck in the last couple of years, but he's, he's strong and he's tough and he's aggressive, which I like.
2: Yeah. I mean, just the thought of, I mean, his statue, he's, he's a big guy. He's yeah. strong. Um, I'm still stuck on the fact that he's going to be riding a KX 500. I mean, it, that boy will be able to handle, that's a true man's bike. He will be able to handle that motorcycle. Yeah, I think
1: so. I think so. You know. Well, we're going to, we're going to wrap this show up episode 100, Derek. I appreciate you coming in. Um, appreciate we're be you do- having me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be doing some more giveaways here in the near future. Um, we, we gave the, we, we had a winner on our fly kinetic gear and I don't have his name in front of me, but I will tell you he's from Australia, which I didn't really think about that. We might have to ship something overseas. So, Probably from now on, we're going to do U.S. only. I apologize. Um, it costs quite a bit of money to ship something out, just so everybody knows, if you're not aware. Um, yeah, wasn't, I was a little surprised by that. I'm glad the guy won. He, Derek, you don't know this, but we did a trivia question. I posted the show. I usually get the show. It's posted by around 11, 1130 our time. It had been up probably 15 minutes when I got the answer to the trivia question. So this dude was on it. Wow. And he deserves it, and I and I will be shipping that out this week. I've kind of put it off, <laughs> but I'm gonna get it out. Um, and we're gonna be doing a lot more stuff, man. We've got some some contests coming from Power Band Racing. We've got some giveaways on the podium from Acherby's. Numerous other things coming. There'll be fly racing, Amsoil giveaways. Thank you for everybody that listens, supports the show. A lot of cool stuff coming up. We will be back next week, and we'll tell you more about it. thanks guys. We're out.